0: Hey guys, this is Noah, voice of V-Man. You know who he is. It's not the Vulture. You're listening to Rift Walkers, alright? Now before we get into it, make sure that you're on our Discord. We're over on there, having good chats with people, talking about the shows, talking about a bunch of other stuff too, so come say hi if you want to. Also, if you haven't already, check out our website, flashfantasypodcast.com. We got all the stories, all the art, all the what's-it doodads and hoo has all up on there, okay? Go check it out. Anyway, here's Riftwalkers.
1: At the conclusion of their second day of travel, only one more day remains before the party reaches the Fell Kingdom capital of Mainstay. After their first good night's rest, well, since leaving the inn, and bellyfuls of good food prepared by Bartholomew, everyone is up and ready for this final day of travel. Cad ushers everyone into a circle before you set off, and he says... I figure we can go about this two ways. One, we have Mick cast the spell, and we just get there all in one. That's it. And-and-and we land, and we work our way into Mainstay, hopefully before the gates close. However, we could also spend another night in the wilderness and approach with a more cautious look on the following
2: day. Do we have anything to lose if we're more cautious?
3: The only pressing matter is the Magisters, who surely are still searching. I think that if anything, an extra day shouldn't hurt, but my vote is on the extra day. I can't convince
4: myself that we need to rush into this. No, I would err on the side of caution, certainly.
5: I agree. Well, sounds like that's what we're doing. Another day it is.
2: Well, okay, yes, that would be my vote. So everybody looks at Mick and Mick says, oh, yes, right. And Cass Windwalk again. Oh! Takes a lycle before. Takes a lycle and then casts Windwalk, and you see the same effect that you have seen before.
3: Mick, how many more? And then Rolander gets turned into a cloud and can't speak. <laughs> 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 yeah, no,
1: everyone is able to get all of your whatnots and who's gotsets as you gather your things and provisions, and who's gotsits is a word. No.
4: I love it.
1: <laughs> is that all you do for, for eight hours for the duration of Windwalk is just fly? I mean, we can't speak. Windwalk, you know, doesn't really specify if it halts any bodily functions, but I think for all intents and purposes, you don't need to like stop for eating or drinking while in that form. But I would say that when you return to your corporeal selves you do feel quite thirsty and quite hungry. And so if, yeah, if all you're going to do uh, for eight
3: hours is fly, then for eight hours, you fly. About halfway through, Rolander turns into a rain cloud.
2: Rain <laughs> keep falling oh, no. on my head. You take that He's back. Sad. It's not sadness, right? <laughs> it's not sadness.
5: <laughs> no, it wasn't sadness. He just really needed to go to the bathroom.
4: That's amazing. <laughs> I did not get that. <laughs> the Landier, if he turned into a snow cloud, would make yellow
5: snow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry.
3: I'm sorry.
4: It's cold enough that a rain cloud, it would be snow.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to
1: say, I think rain clouds and snow clouds are one and the same.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. That's a snow cloud.
1: No, that's a rain cloud.
3: <laughs>
1: There's Silly a difference. <laughs> so at the end of this eight hour stint, it is about 5 p.m., give or take. And as you set down a good ways away from Mainstay, you can see the city plain and clear. And before your descent, you see quite the sight, especially as the sun sets over this sprawling metropolis that starts low and then works its way over rolling hills and slowly builds up into the very mountainside itself, up to the point to where the higher parts of the city, which are obviously also... Not only high in elevation, but definitely higher in class. They are quite literally on the peaks of smaller hills and mountaintops. And the largest of these castles and fortresses seems to be etched almost right out of the mountainside. It's quite a sight, and the city holds an innumerable amount of people. You couldn't even fathom. This is definitely the biggest place that any of you have been in this world. Outside of Udelo. As everyone sets down a good ways away from Mainstay, you find a small clearing off the beaten path and just on the edge of some rocky cliffs that lead down into a quite heavily wooded area. As you make camp for the night and gather around a fire, you are free to discuss your plans for getting into this city come the next morning.
5: Rinier, now, out of his cloud form, looks to the group and says, well, I'm happy to follow wherever you gotborn go. I don't know how exactly we're going to make it into the city. The humans probably won't have any problem at all, especially Val with his previous identity, but I don't know if they will be checking. I've never been here before.
0: While I am very skilled in many different magics, I do admit my ability to utilize the magic of illusion is not up to the same quality as our friend Val. And I do believe, well, not sure about your opinions, that it would be wise for us to maintain a presence outside the city to have a safe place to fall back in the case of emergency. For this duty, I do volunteer myself. I can set up a camp and keep watch, and you all can call me in when we're ready.
1: Cad kind of looks around and is like, I don't see a problem with that. If we did have to make some kind of hasty retreat, it would be good to have somewhere to go to. And he kind of just pats the ground by where he's sitting. This isn't
0: a bad spot. That takes care of Bartholomew. But as for the rest of us, how do we plan to get inside the city unnoticed? It's
3: a bit of a tricky thing, that. I've never been to Mainstay, personally. But I imagine that the high presence of the Magisters, it may not be that simple for us, even the humans, just to walk right in. The Magisters have tracked our use of intent before. And if we were to walk quite literally, right in front of potentially a squadron of them at the gates, I doubt that someone wouldn't notice the amount of intent users walking right past.
4: I think the use of intent is out of the question, is it not?
1: It is. That's if we even utter an incantation, we'll be—we'll be found out immediately. Luna gets to her feet and kind of paces around the fire, looking at everyone.
0: I have an idea. Well, go ahead. For a short time, I was imprisoned in Almoran. It is an old city such as this one. I managed to escape, with a little help, through tunnels that ran underneath the city. I do not know exactly what mainstay is like, but it is possible that a city as old as this one could have similar structures underground that could allow us passage into the city without using intent, and without having to pass any checkpoints.
1: The mainstay is old. Older than any other human city. Maybe older than any kin city, can't be certain. But, uh, it's a matter of finding these tunnels to begin with. And besides, if we can find them, couldn't anyone else?
3: Well, depends on how one accesses these. I know that if it were in a out-of-reach place, perhaps where even those in power may think that no one could get to, perhaps security is lax. Perhaps they don't think to check it all too often, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Do we even know where we would start looking for these tunnels? I mean, Vamak, you mentioned you found them underneath Almoran, but you were taken to the fortress, were you not?
1: Well, Luna pipes up here, too. She's still pacing around the fire, and she's... Well, and I think we're getting ahead of ourselves even then, because... When we get into the city, what what are we going to do? Sure, we can devise as many ways as we want to, to try to get in. But once we do, what, what then? Where do we
4: go? Uh, I
3: assumed our intention was to proceed to the college.
1: I don't know how long we can all masquerade as university students.
4: Probably not very long.
0: I could not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if we got to the university we would be able to use intent once more.
4: That is true.
0: Our intent usage would be masked by the intent of everyone else there.
3: And even then, I do not think that our own intent usage would be as important as seeking out that of someone else. If it truly is weaponry, the magical nature that we're after, we would simply need to find the capable one in the college who could do this task for us. Let them do their work on whatever we choose and be out with it. I I don't imagine it would take all too long.
5: Well, as a possible way to get in, like I said before, I don't know too much about the regulations of this city, but Val may be able to make it through, and maybe one other as a bodyguard of sorts.
4: I do wonder how much leave we have with this human identity of mine and how many of you I can sort of smuggle in under that. I do think that Briny would make a great bodyguard certainly I would have one but I don't know an entire entourage I'm not entirely sure about.
5: Once we were in the city we can look for another path in. It might be a little bit easier to find one from the inside rather than the out.
4: I agree. Doesn't even do the enrollment process at this university are we trying to you know become students there.
1: Well as far as I know Luna speaks up you don't really enroll they um (laughs) they enroll you if the magisters find you or if your family lets the church know that you can use intent you're i guess conscripted might be a better word into their ranks you don't really get a choice in the matter i wouldn't say judging just from that that too many people walk up in the uh not to be rude advanced years of their life and uh, suddenly think, oh, I-, I can use magic! And they come to the university. That might be a bit out of the ordinary.
0: How many students, generally speaking, are at the university at any given time?
1: I couldn't say.
3: Granted, this could be, you know, upwards of several months out of date, but the last numbers that I saw that the kin intelligence had gathered on this college was somewhere around 4,000 students at any given time.
0: In that case, We could simply disguise ourselves. We need not actually be enrolled in the university. We could simply pretend that we are. I doubt anybody will stop us because we do not seem familiar to them. Four thousand is enough to blend into the crowd.
1: Well, then we've got a few suggestions here. I think it's best we nail one down. Are we looking for tunnels? Are we masquerading as students? Are we getting in as a nobleman and his troop?
4: Well, one of those is what we are doing once we are inside the city, no? I think either arriving at the university and going undercover or getting ourselves conscripted in some fashion will be how we get into the university, but how we get into the city is another as a matter.
3: I think potentially going in, even gaining entrance to the city under the guise of being students of the college, sent off on assignment and now returning to report, could work. We would need some form of formal documentation... Showing that, which is my only hesitancy of doing that. Lacking that, my vote is the tunnels. Granted, there are tunnels.
4: Exactly. Perhaps we try as a tunnel method first, and if we cannot find anything, results to plan
2: B?
0: Very well. I will send Vakos out to see if he can observe something.
2: I was about to say that I think what Brunir brought up before is a very good idea. Perhaps splitting up the group, some who can't get in with Val, should do so, and others should look for the tunnels. Now, it's a little risky, because we don't know exactly what we're going to face, but perhaps the first group should go with Val, and then once they get intel, perhaps the Archduke could come back here and tell us where to go or what to do.
1: I actually don't quite mind the idea of uh, all of us going with Val. Noble houses will often send traveling troops or bands to spread their reputations— I don't see why some minor lordling wouldn't see fit to accompany his own traveling troop
3: through some flight of fancy or rebellion, however you put it.
4: <laughs> Probably both, in my case.
3: And that would take care of the document forgery issue feigning students. You do still have your documentation, I presume, Val?
4: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, as Laurel, it feels like a bit of a stretch, but also...
0: Like, <laughs> Just flip that dusting point.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Ta-da! I do think Val probably keeps it on him, like, very close. So, yes. I do, yeah.
3: All right.
1: One of us is a performer already. I think the rest of us could uh, stand to learn a thing or two.
4: Ah, dang it. (laughs) I don't remember what Cassandra looks like. I was like, Mick could be Cassandra. I don't remember her. I cannot help in this instance.
2: Oh gosh, um, I could be something else. Well, I was could thinking,
1: Matasandra. I thought Mick could just be Mick.
4: Oh no, Mick <laughs> could be Mick, but like if Mick was posing as Cassandra, that'd be great.
1: Oh, I see.
2: Well, how about this? I am a performer, as you know. Perhaps all of you could be my groupies. I am traveling with Val, and uh, we could get in that way. What do you think?
4: Are are you taking the lead on this, or or am I? Are you my personal bard?
0: I would suggest that Val be the one to take the lead, as he is the one who has proper documentation. And, Meek, you can help sell the lie that we are spreading Val's
2: reputation
0: far and wide.
2: I love the idea.
1: So then the rest of us would be what? Brinier obviously can fit the role of a bodyguard, but are we to be performers then in your troop or what have you?
4: <laughs> can you perform, cat?
1: I'd rather not.
5: <laughs> you don't need to. You just have to look like you can.
2: Exactly. You just have to convince them that you could perform.
3: Perhaps an advisor accompanying his lord.
4: Perhaps I have three advisors accompanying me.
3: You have not heard me perform yet. I did <laughs> rouse the, the <laughs> troops a time or two back in the old world. I think I could fit along quite well with Mick.
5: Well, I don't think it would be unusual if you do have more advisors that you'd have more force to protect them with. Rolandir, in his plate mail there, would also be a suitable guard.
4: I think you're probably m- more convincing in that role than uh, wandering troubadour.
1: I-, I think it's a good idea Rolandir and Brynir would then assume the roles of guards and... Vamok and Cad could be advisors and I, I could be a-, a handmaiden or, I don't know, your
0: ward or something. Works for me. Do dudes have wards? Yeah, I guess uh, they do. Yeah. I was going to say do dudes have handmaidens? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Val might. You never know.
0: <laughs> this is my handmaiden. She helps me with all my
4: You know, maidenly sewing stuff. hand
2: things.
3: <laughs> Alright. Well, it's as good of a plan as any. We don't know that the tunnels exist and you know, there are too many ways that we could trap ourselves with our words or our actions pretending to be students at this point. So we should get our rest. It's going to be a big day tomorrow.
1: Luna and Cad will go to their respective bedrolls and doze off, as will
0: the man.
2: Mick, before he goes to sleep, uh, comes next to Brenier and says, Brunier, what happened to your neck? I think I've noticed it the last couple of days.
5: Let's leave it at... A gift from an ethereal.
2: Hmm. Well, that gift is pretty noticeable if you do ask me. So why don't you wear this to cover it up? And Mick reaches into his jumpsuit, the neck of his jumpsuit, and takes out a silk scarf that has flowers and fauna on it. (laughs) And and gives it to Brunir.
5: You know, Mick, it's very nice of you to provide such things for me, but I think I'll be fine without
2: Suit yourself. You're gonna have a lot of questions at parties. That's all I'm saying. Well, good night.
4: <laughs> all right. Val is gonna go just a little bit away from the party and sit down and like cross his legs and is going to attempt to speak with Yakuda if he can.
0: All right. What
1: do you say?
4: I think he just gives a little awkward like, uh, "Hello, can you hear me?"
1: In a strange cyclone of sound and image. The forest is ripped away from around you, the rock splintered at your feet as you find yourself sitting in a pool of blood, a ripped corpse dripping beside you into damp soil that is littered with bodies and swords and discarded armor. Distant shouts and explosions mar the horizon as acrid smoke drifts into your nostrils and stings your throat. And you see the form of an enormous kin woman slam her warhammer into the ground and then take a knee beside you. Speaking from underneath her plated helmet, huge red eyes glaring down at you, she says, Yes, (laughs) Godborn?
4: Well, you certainly like to make an impression. I
1: enjoy enjoy what what I do. Is is
4: that that a crime? Not at all.
5: Yes. (laughs) Killing people is a crime.
4: Yes. It's
2: actually a
3: very big crime.
4: It depends on what
5: you're doing. (laughs) You
3: ever heard of murder? murder?
2: (laughs) Bernier pops out of the bushes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is.
4: He's part of everyone's uh, god-born dreams, (laughs) now. Yeah. (laughs) I suspect we are preparing for a war of our own very shortly. And I was wondering if there was anything you could do to make me better at what it is you wish me to do. There
1: is already a war raging, Valmas. What What are are you you insinuating? What What greater conflict will yet arise that I I am uh, unaware
4: of? Well, there are certainly um, higher players on the field that have not yet been brought in, are there not? The
1: Ethereals are split, of course, on what should be done with these human and kin that constantly bicker and go about killing each other. I'm indifferent, of course, but I catch your meaning. Yes, yes, there are forces at play currently behind closed doors that are powerful and that move in shadows that are deceitful. I do not enjoy these players. I do not enjoy their tactics. There is no honor in it. So, what can I do for you? Perhaps you tell me. What would make you a more proficient instrument of my will?
4: Now, this is a great question (laughs) I had not thoroughly thought through.
0: More power. (laughs) Duh.
4: <laughs> I, have, I have, well, uh, several ideas. First being, at the moment, we are looking for weapons that are capable of being wielded against such individuals with a degree of effectiveness.
1: Even from under her plate helmet, you see her eyes narrow, not in like a menacing way, but in the way that it's clear that she's smiling. And she goes, wow. <laughs> There are weapons that exist, ones crafted by me, for me, for my disciples. I'll say I've never had a godborn before, so this is all quite new, but I'm enjoying it. Yes, I think I can provide you with something that would aid in the enacting of vengeance. There is an individual who resides in the courts of Mainstay, where I know you currently endeavor to enter this individual is responsible directly indirectly it matters little they gave an order the order was carried out and tens of thousands of my children your brothers and sisters were killed not in the battlefield no these were bystanders civilians children slaughtered like animals that is not the way of war not my war not one of honor I require this individual to be killed and so you will do that for me you will take his spine from his body and present it to me and from such I will fashion you a blade (laughs) that's that's
4: pretty metal oh my gosh and where will I find this person as I said in the
1: king's court He is a politician, some Some sort sort of advisor to someone, a minor lord. Though do not underestimate him, he is cunning.
4: Do you know his name?
1: His name is Marsilius Plack. If you find him, kill him. Do not hesitate. That will be the sign of your devotion to this cause.
4: Understood. Also, in order to aid with this discovering and killing of this man... I cannot currently use intent in the city without being discovered by magisters. Do you have any things that would allow me to mask my use of it?
1: Valmas, intent is not not required here. You fall on your crutch crutch all too easily. easily. This This will be a challenge for you, and your reward will be well earned. I have nothing nothing more to give you. Very well. And with that, this no man's land is... Just erupts in explosions and dust. And as the smoke and earth settles again, blinking, this stinging from your eyes, you're back on the edge of camp.
4: Okay. I will go to bed and ruminate on this plot.
5: Brynir will approach Rlandir. Rlandir, well, I myself do not care about the arrangement that Sindor has now set up.
3: <laughs> arrangement? That's one word for it.
5: I don't know if you wish to tell the group, but we should probably at least tell Val, as I know it was his prerogative to go after the Ethereals.
3: I was going to talk to you about this earlier, but now that you've brought it up, I agree. I think it's good to bring in others on exactly what we're dealing with. I don't, however, believe that the others, Vamok and Val, would incur the same wrath from their patron gods. Perhaps there are other things that they desire their Godborn to do that what we plan, or perhaps planned, I still don't know what to do, would fall in line with their wishes. I am truly sorry that you had to get roped into all of this Brinya. I know that it is your only goal to protect the Godborn and to follow them, and you do that duty very diligently, and I'm grateful for that. I truly hope that we do not have to push Sindor to act on his threats.
5: I certainly hope not. And then at that point, you see Brynir open up a little bit. He actually grabs Landir by the back of the neck and touches his head to hit Rlandir's and then walks away.
1: As morning comes, you all bid Bartholomew goodbye and then set out on your way toward Mainstay. You have some few minutes in the forest before you reach the road to adopt your disguises and pack down your story.
4: Is there anything more about the story that we need to clarify here?
2: <laughs> we're, we're just nope. spreading your name to just other...
1: make sure everybody can roll with the punches. Kay. Does Mick spend a few minutes uh, putting the same disguises on Cad, Val, and Famok? Yes, of course. By the time your disguises are prepped, you reach the road, and it's a short walk to the city proper. You pass through some outskirts, bits of distant farms that come up to the roads, smaller shops, taverns, a few houses and such, but most of Mainstay is confined within its walls, and there is a large expanse of barren, cleared-out land that seems to have been the victim of a recent fire, most likely intentional. A good kilometer outward from the city up to the gates itself, that is just this barren expanse, and a single straight road, the King's Highway. That takes you to the massive gates. It's the start of the day, maybe just going on 9 a.m. The gates have been open for a couple hours now already, but there's still a line, a lengthy one, to get in. And just looking from the length and the speed at which it's moving, it'll probably take a good hour just to get to the front of the queue.
4: What is the general, like, class of people who are waiting?
1: Everyone who's waiting seems lowborn. Okay. I would say Val would definitely spy someone of a higher station, or at least appearing to be a higher station. Stroll right on past, or right to the front, at least. Yeah,
4: I think Val, in the interest of keeping up appearances, is going to stroll right on up. We ain't waiting for nobody, baby.
1: As you make it to the front now, there are a couple other noble troops before you. And you only wait five minutes before then. You are approached by a steward of sorts and two guardsmen who seem more ceremonial than anything else, wielding large halberds and adorned in fine armor. The steward, who seems to be a thin, talic man, a little twirly mustache on his face and uh, balding, dark black hair on his head, looks you over with, A already tired expression.
4: Having observed the groups in front of us, like, what's the general procedure here?
1: It seems that they would present rings or papers or some other signifier of their station or status and identity. Their luggage would be examined.
4: Val will then present his papers and he is also wearing a signet ring. So he will sort of, like, present them in such a fashion that makes the signet ring very obvious.
1: The steward who seems to have no care whether he's dealing with the farmer's son or the prince, doesn't even look at you as he just takes your paper from your hand rather <laughs> abrasively, looks it over, has some sort of wooden slate in his other hand and flips through a few documents on top of it and goes, mm, Yes, all in order. What is this now? Master Eventide, may I ask your intention for entering the city of Meste?
4: I forgot what our cover story was. For <laughs> <laughs> Fully, I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're here to uh, spread my good name.
1: And he just looks past you at the two guards, the two uh, robe-wearing figures, and then the uh, single troubadour. <laughs> mm. A monumentous task, I applaud you. And he hands you your paperback. back. <laughs> Please carry on to the next checkpoint. They will check your belongings if you do not mind.
4: Not at all, mate. Thanks.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. my pleasure. Next.
4: <laughs> Bella's is not going to push his luck here, and we're just going to walk <laughs> forward.
1: Now, yeah, this was a little ahead of the gate. As you reach the gate proper, a guard who is definitely not in ornamental armor. This is, he, he's in ring mail. He's got a half plate helm on and a large, auspicious sword at his hip. He holds up a gauntlet at hand and says, "Right now your things and belongings, please. Set them there. And he points to a line of wooden tables, kind of pushed against the side of the gatehouse.
4: A vow will go and put whatever he's carrying down. I think it's like a bag and his staff at this point.
1: Right, thank you, my lord. and I apologize for the inconvenience, but you must understand there's been a uh, recent disturbance at the Arcanum. Up and Mainstay High, and through the orders of the king and such, we've been double-checking Old all things, uh,
3: One second. Disturbance. We two here, Rolander says, pointing to himself and Brynjörn, are responsible for the good lord's safety and protection. I do hope everything was taken care of.
1: Of course, um, may sir. It was done in all accordance with the king's will and wishes and the upholding of safety is, of course, our first regard, and in a place such as the Arcanum, though I've never been myself or even laid eyes upon it, I can assure you that those there in Mainstay High were able to take care of things as such is proper and right. You, sir, if you will, I will need to make sure your belongings are in proper order if you don't mind setting them aside.
3: Relander grumblingly removes all of his uh, pertinent equipment and lays it for inspection. Now,
1: um, just to inform you all, there will be a two-day holding period of which you may then afterward retrieve your weapons and such. These provisions and what's-haves-used personal belongings you will be able to carry on, but any armaments and such, I'm afraid, will be passed on for further inspection. You see, there have been an increase in the smuggling of... I don't remember quite what they called it. Some fanciful
3: magic term. Magical items, you say. That's the reason you're withholding our items. Surely you can understand that those in charge of protecting one such as Master Eventide here couldn't be caught off guard on the chance that, well, some opportunistic thief or bandit within the walls is looking to get whatever they can, of our allowed belongings while those of us are unarmed. Either watch prides itself
1: on taking care of what banditry happens outside the walls and assure you that something other such wouldn't happen on our life coming in here, especially to our good lord, Master Eventide.
3: Perhaps, perhaps, a small compromise in the name of peace of mind can be done. We have a small blade, a, a, a mere letter opener as it were but it would offer us a, a certain amount of protection And but it by no means could cause any sort of large disturbance or devious actions it, it would just be a simple matter of letting us through with it I assure you nothing ill will come of it
1: no I understand completely me sir I, I guess my question would be then is um, peace of mind you see That's quite a good commodity. And I think like any commodity, and he puts his arm around you and just takes you a little ways away from the rest of the group and out of prying eyes and ears. Like any commodity, it can be bought and sold. How much did you say yours
3: would be worth? This isn't good because Rolander's first instinct is to threaten, and that's probably... <laughs>
4: <laughs> Please just pay him. I'm a him. godborn. It's, <laughs> it's worth an arm wrestle. wrestle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is Rolandier missing his arm or his hand? His hand. It's, it's just hand. his hand. Right, 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 right. Kind of looking back over his shoulder as he's being taken away, Rolander says, Well, now I see that we can be civilized here about this. We like to split who's actually carrying the purse at one point or another, me and the other fellow over there. We could arrange... something, I'm sure. Let me, uh, go grab him.
1: Oh, yes, I think that'd be a good, might-find thing. Uh, I think a half-bolt would fit your fine folk
0: rather well.
2: A half-bolt oh. for a Dude, that's like...
0: Guys, just... Let them take the dagger for a second, and I'll just have my vulture, like, pick it up
3: and then fly away with it.
2: Yeah, that's four rams.
3: Now, for that amount of money, we could get whatever we damn well pleased within the walls. Doesn't matter how long we waited. I'll tell you what. I'm sure we could scrounge up uh, the silver ram, and as we're having our heralds pronounce our good lord's name in front of the king, we don't have to have a little chat with their heads of security about corruption and things slipping through the gates
1: I catch your meaning well then let's have it done with and what say you can carry on that little blade of yours and perhaps your own sidearm
3: as well much obliged and Rolandier waves over Brynir to uh, come and stand by him Brynir this fine guardsman here is uh going to let us pass through with a little extra security, bypassing the two days' waiting time for a small transactional fee of one silver ram. I, of course, as you know, don't have the purse on me today, but perhaps you would be willing to uh, assist us.
5: Very well. And then Brynir reaches into a pouch on his back and pulls out a silver ram and hands it to the guardsman.
1: Oh, thank you, sirs. And ushering the two of you back to the group as everyone is getting their belongings back from the inspection tables, this guard just beckons you forward into the great sprawling city ahead and says, My sirs, masters, and lord, welcome to
2: Mainstay."